All right, are we ready to go? Great to see you all here this morning. It's, I was so interested in what we heard from our small group leaders. I forgot to... I was on, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just absolutely drawing on everything they say. I'm thinking, oh, fancy, who would miss out on a small group when all that happens there? Huge, I reckon, every, there's a cell group or a small group for everyone and everyone in a small group. You like that? Yes. A cell group for everyone and everyone in a cell group. Or you call them small groups, cell groups, whatever. Connect groups, all good. Whoa, you know, God is really breaking through in this church. I love being here, you know. This is my church. You're my people. I love it. I love it. You know, you never know what's going to happen, who you're going to sit next to, who's going to be here. You can see the Holy Spirit coming on me. And um, I just really want to encourage you because uh, some of you have done the long, the long yards here. Some of you, it's like perhaps 20, could it be 30 years? Some of you, even more. And I think, wow, but I'm a newbie, so I'm getting all the blessing of your prayers, the blessing of all your digging, digging in the garden, fertilizing the soil of this, of this, re, of this area. Wow, and there's so much gifting. You know, so many gifted people. And I just love being here. I really do. Uh, when I go into small groups, it's like I come away and think, wow, these people have got so, so resourced. And last year, doing hope and joy, wow, we came alive in our group. We even started to laugh. <laughs> you know, we laughed and some cried. Yeah, as they were ministered to. How good is that? How good is that? Oh, soak us in it, Lord. Soak us in who you are. That we could just, you know, I don't know, just get out of ourselves and get into caring and loving and changing and just being poured out, you know, poured out like wine. Oh, for the hurting and the broken. Hearted. I was um, reading... Um, I felt God gave me a word, prophetic word. Well, it's like, um, it's, uh, he's saying, when I find it, well, I can just about quote it, but anyway, well, let's just see if we can go there. Like, wake up, keep waking up. You know, for as far as we've come, you know, whether it be looking at a, a picture of tomatoes and thinking, God, you're speaking to me about small groups. Or whether it's just walking by the river and you think, that river's moving, Lord. It's a long time since I felt the moving of your spirit, the water of life moving. Wake me up. Wake me up. Stir me. Stir me. Lord, you know, a freight train goes along, boom, 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 boom. boom. You know, it's got a big load of coal, wood, whatever on the back, and it's grunting up those hills. But in Europe, you get in a fast train, 300 miles an hour. And they go through the countryside like this, whoosh. You know, and I think God wants us to speed up, some of us, to wake up, you know, because in the dark, we sleep. You know that? 
When it's dark, we sleep. Yeah, we all know that, don't we? That's, but when the light comes, we wake up. And God is wanting his light to shine more and more into our thinking and into our belief systems. That in the light, we can move fast. In the dark, we're grappling. Oh, God, is that you? Oh, God, I don't know. I can't see very clearly. It's pretty dark in here. Lord, I'm in my own little prison, in my own little cave. But when the light comes on, you can see. And um, I'm going to read from Ephesians. Uh, yes, back here, back here, and here. And it says just exactly what I've been saying. It says this in Ephesians 4. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Oh, be, care be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, the world drinks wine for social, you know, connection. For, um, I don't know, just to feel as if we're doing something together. But you know, the Holy Spirit is our portion. Yeah. Is our portion. And when we fellowship together, um, you know, we have connection. In fact, that was one of the first things that God did in our lives when Morris and I, uh, when Morris was converted, was <clears throat> that we would go out at night and we'd come home sober. And we think, this is different. The next morning, we'd wake up and we could enjoy the children because we weren't hungover. We could enjoy every hour of that day. And you know, that's darkness, isn't it? The world is darkness. But God says, be wise the way we live. Be filled with the Spirit that satisfies. And God will give us good things. It's, um, this is, this operate here is, oh, that's good, isn't it? Yep, I think I've managed. And um, so I'm going to, I sense God wants to, um, to encourage some of you this morning. And I'm going to pray, Linda, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> oh, whoa, the Holy Spirit's all over you. You may not sense it, but it is. You know, this weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's times of weeping in your life, times of brokenness. Hey, you don't look like that at all to me. I wouldn't see that in you at all. But you know, in the spirit, God knows. God encourages you that weeping endures for the night. It's a godly thing to weep. It's a good thing to weep. 
There's a travail that rests upon you. A weeping, an intercessory weeping, travail that stands in the gap for your family, stands in the gap for the lost, stands in the gap for the disadvantaged, stands in the gap for those that don't belong. You know about that. You know about that. And God has gifted you and anointed you in prayer and in intercession to to raise up the hands that hang down, to strengthen the knees that are weak and feeble, that they will journey well with God. Wow. God would say, you're precious in my sight. You're precious in my sight. You're like a hidden ministry. A lot of what you do is hidden. It's, it's like at times you would feel it's lost. It's like nobody sees or nobody hears the deep cry of your heart. But God sees. And God says, you're precious in my sight. You're precious. You know your Redeemer lives. You know he can raise up. You know he can deliberately pull people out of the stuff or out of the hiding place, out of the lost places. And you see it in the spirit before it happens here on earth. You see ones coming and praising God. You see them in the spirit. You see them in visions and dreams. And God has anointed you to see good news come to the lost. Ooh. Ooh. Now, I want you to sense, can you sense the Holy Spirit moving? Can you pick up and witness with what God comes to say and do? Mm. Keep going, sir. Keep going. Keep going. It's, um, there's still things for you to do. You know, there's things for you to speak out. There's things for you to, people for you to come alongside that in, in your early days, you didn't have the opportunity. But now there's people all around you that you can come alongside and make a difference. You're making a difference. God's got you here to make a difference. Maximize your time. Maximize your opportunities. God, give him strength. Give him capacity to hear what you're saying and doing with the people that God has for you to influence and pray for. Yes. All got lonely people. There's lonely people around you. Lonely people. You're making a difference. Making a difference to the brokenhearted and the lonely. You're restoring lives. You're restoring them. Well, well, you see, you're breaking them out. You're breaking them out. You're releasing them. Your words are powerful when the Holy Spirit is present with you. And you're breaking them out of caves. Some of them are in caves. Some of them have deliberately gone into their cave. And God is enabling you to bring them out of the darkness, out of the cave where the light of Jesus can shine in. 
Okay. Oh, God. Wonderful God. Wonderful God. It's like um, you, you look for freedom. You look for freedom. You, it's like it's something that captivates you. You want to be freer. You want to be more open. You want to be more honest. You want to, well, take hold of this life. It's like, God, I want to get hold of my days. I want to get hold. I want to maximize. Are you quite an organized girl? <laughs> quite structured in your thinking. I think, right, today's the day. I'm going to make, do this and do that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Make room for God, too, in that day. Make room for God. Let God come and um, undergird your day. And recognize. He says, recognize me when I blow. Here, when the wind blows, you see it. You can't, you can't see it, but you can see the effect of the wind. So when the Holy Spirit comes in your day that is organized <laughs> and maximized, you go, ooh, was that the Lord? God, I think you've come. I sense a peace. I sense something shifted. What have you come to do, Lord? Ask him a question. I sense you're here. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? Just in your... And you will see deliverance come to the captives. You will see sight come to the blind. And you'll see the prison's doors open and just ordinary people. But God will give you a word in season, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom that will change everything. Because you want to see, you're a, 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 what do they call them? A, a world changer. What is a planet changer? I can see that's what you are. Oh, I want to bring change. I want to see things change. That's the way to do it. Recognize when the Spirit of God comes and flow with him. Yes? Okay. All right. Ooh, there's a lot of anointing here. You know, there's a lot of gifting. A lot of you are prophetic in your utterances. You know, in, my, in one of the small groups that I go to, everyone prophesies. Yeah, they do. They all can prophesy. They, they all, wow, we have a great glory time, you know? God really ministers. It's fantastic. And there's a lot of gifting in the church. Whoa! It's just that some of you just have to break out a bit. Break out. Get excited. Go there. Do it. Encourage each other, and you're doing that, but keep doing it. Keep doing it. All right. Wow, wow. There's enlargement coming to you. There's enlargement. God wants to bring enlargement. What does that mean? Oh, well, I don't want to get larger, really. <laughs> you know, I don't want to, you know, grow that way or this way. <laughs> oh, but this way would be good. But, um, but enlargement is capacity. God wants to build capacity into you. Ability to hold your ground. Ability to not be swayed. Ability to, to having spoken out with courage, 
to be able to say, God, you, were, you did that for me. You did that for me. You were there and hold your ground, not go into, oh, well, that was a dumb thing to say. Oh, what did I say that for? Oh, I, I, I never get it right. Or I'm a bit of a pain, really. They just think I'm a pain. That's undoing and agreeing with the enemy. Don't go there. That's that slippery slide of negativity and discouragement. That's the devil's weapons. But agree with God and say, no, God, you said it, I believe it, and I'm holding my ground. That's capacity. You know, children, you see children and teenagers, they're still building their capacity. They fly off the handle. They, they don't... <laughs> I've got five grandchildren, so I get a good, <laughs> a good look at them. <laughs> and, um, and they fly off the handle. They, have, they lack capacity of self-control. They lack capacity to, 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 to hold their ground and to, to come in a right spirit. I say to my children, grandchildren, count to ten. Okay, one, two, three. And I say, I think we do it again. And now hold your ground. Hold it, hold it. And come in the opposite, opposite. Be kind. Be kind. Say something nice to your brother, to your sister. In fact, three nice things <laughs> would be very good. You see, capacity. Capacity and in God we need lots of inner fortitude, fortitude, strength. And so I'm going to talk about this a wee bit now. Okay, can you just bring up the, the gift of prophecy that I'm just going to look at just a wee bit about um, uh, and Graham, he gave me a good intro for this um, because the the prophecy is the gift that encourages the body. And I, I sense in this church, you are a, a group of people that encourage each other. I see people saying kind things to each other, encouraging. And what a difference it makes. It says, in, So prophecy is one of the nine spiritual gifts. It's a spiritual gift. It comes from the spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers, it enlightens. It often contains the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom. And here we see in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3, it says, But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Now, if we look at this, strengthening builds capacity. Strength. You know, like if I was to run a marathon, well, I'd have no strength. You can believe it. I actually go to exercise classes now, and I've got some lovely girls that do exercises with me, and I do it with them, and they inspire me. And I, and, but when it comes to strength, physical strength, I'm lacking. That's because, well, I haven't run all through my life. <laughs> 
I haven't gone to the gym through my life. I've built spiritual capacity. <laughs> but um, physical, I'm just mediocre. But you see, when we prophesy out of the spirit realm, we strengthen one another. I hope Linda's strengthened this morning. I hope my friend here is strengthened because the Spirit of God speaks into your soul, into your emotions, into your spirit, and builds you up. Yeah? Builds you up. So it causes you to, to grow. Yeah, you think, oh, okay, I could grow. I could try that tomorrow. Just wait for there was something to shift and see where the Spirit of God's working. Uh, it comes to encourage, to stir up, to urge, and to uh, cause us to go on. Uh, I can remember when the, one of the very first pictures I received from the Lord when Morris was converted, and um, uh, that's my husband, and uh, he was in the police force in Dunedin, and I, he had been only a Christian about three or four weeks, and I had gone babysitting. We had three young children. I'd be in my early 30s, perhaps around about 30, and I was babysitting, and I said, I mean, it was amazing that Morris had been converted because he was in the police force, <clears throat> and he wasn't even looking for God, but God was chasing him. You know our God's a God chaser? Yep. He's like the hound of heaven that never gives up <clears throat> because he loves us. Yep. His love drives him. God's love drives him. You'll be like that with your children. You don't give up on them either, do you? And so um, God caught him and he, he gave his life to Jesus. And I was babysitting and I was praying and I was saying, Lord, oh, Morris has become a Christian. Ooh, wow, what do you have for us? God, what does this mean? You know? And I saw in my imagination a picture and I saw this little tree, a little sapling and it was sort of very thin, thin trunk, thin, thin arms, and it was wavering in the breeze. And I thought, Lord, that looks pretty vulnerable to me, that sapling. He says, it is. It's just young. He's just young. He's just newly born. Look after, watch over. Because I've been a Christian some time before. And then I saw this great big oak tree, huge, like in the park. You know, and I saw this oak tree, and I, I felt God said, that's what he will grow into, a big oak tree. Yeah. And I thought, oh, well, yeah, well, Lord, I don't know how that's going to happen, but anyway, there's, there's, there's a bit of darkness to come out of that. <laughs> Bring him out of the darkness into the light, Lord, <laughs> little by little. His mind was renewed. Illumination. Illumination came. And the world no longer held us. 
broke the power of sin and death over our lives. And then in the picture I saw under the oak tree, I saw lots of little seedlings. You know, under the oak tree, little seedlings, little acorns growing into little trees. I said, God, we're going to seed others. We're going to seed others. And under the canopy of the oak tree grew the seedlings. They grew and they grew and they grew. And I thought, God, that's... That's, so I write it down in my diary because I write all my pictures down in diaries and I've got 36 years of them and I write them all down and I think, okay, God, that's your word. And when times of discouragement, when I wasn't feeling very encouraged or strengthened or things looked as if they were going in the opposite direction, I said, but God, you see it that he'd grow into an oak tree. You showed me that there'd be others that would grow under our canopy of, of loving, caring, whatever, however. But God, we were going to seed other lives. The years went by, and that was one word. I have many prophetic words that God spoken to me. But that was one word that I held fast to because it came from the very beginning and when Morris retired at, from his lifetime calling the major calling and uh, the regional team here in Canterbury gave him an oak tree an oak tree How God confirms his word. How God seals our lives. You know, the hand of God is working over all of your lives to seal it, to reveal his love, his constancy, his faithfulness in beautiful ways that builds capacity. That's what builds capacity in us as Christians, spiritual capacity and fortitude that enables us to go the long haul because some would want to give up. Some would be enticed away and think, oh, I've done the Christian thing. It's not working for me. But God is always there, and it will work if you don't give up. Don't cast away your confidence in Hebrews 10. For after many days, what you have sown, you will reap. Hugely. All right, next one. And comfort. So those are the three aspects of uh, prophecy. Let's move on to the next uh, slide. Okay, so 1 Thessalonians, we test prophecy. And this is what I want you to, to understand also, is that it's okay to question prophecy. 
No one is the Pope, and even the Pope is not fallible, infallible. You know, because he keeps changing the rules a wee bit along the way, so he can't be. <laughs> so, so we don't have to. I don't have an expectation that I'll be 100% right. I mean, I'm not perfect. So, but I do endeavour to deliver all that God gives me to do. I try and start when he, the Spirit of God's there and I finish. That's another thing, finish. I don't go on and embellish and make it look when it's over, it's over. So <clears throat> it says, um, do not put out the Spirit's fire, which means don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is working around you and in you and over you, and empowering you. So we don't quench the Holy Spirit. We don't grieve. It's like the fire. You think of a fire. We've all been out on our riverbeds, haven't we? And we've lit fires. You know, toasted marshmallows. Oh, isn't that great fun? And, but if the fire's burning, and you put water over it, it's quenched. You've put out the fire. And we can do that with our attitudes. We can do that because of unbelief. We can do it because of fear. We can do it because of embarrassment. Many and much more. Those, all those things will grieve the Holy Spirit and put out the fire. Be in a, a connect group and you know, you've sensed the Holy Spirit on you. You sense the, uh, the power. You know, sometimes some people talk about goosebumps, the presence of God causes, you sense and feel it, or sometimes you just flush hot, and you think, oh, oh, something's happening, I'm just embarrassed, no, the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you think, oh, this is awful, this is awful, oh, this isn't me, okay, you grieve the Holy Spirit and quench it, quench him, he's a person. He's the power that's on earth that reveals Jesus because Jesus is in heaven. He's on the right hand of the Father, interceding. But it's the Holy Spirit that is here on earth revealing Jesus, revealing, enlightening, and um, activating. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. So value. When a prophetic word is given to us or when you give a prophetic word, value it. Because it's, it's as close as we get to God speaking. One of the ways God speaks, he speaks through prophecy. He speaks through the small, still voice. He speaks through pictures. He speaks through our imagination. He speaks through a hunch. Just a hunch. Ooh. And other ways. But he speaks. And so we, we, we value it is like, God, God, you're saying this to me. God. Test everything. Hold on to the good. So it's okay to test it. And it's also okay, and I encourage you, that if you receive a prophetic word, and sometimes we have people that come through the church here with a prophetic um, uh, gifting, and if there's something you don't understand, you are able to go up and ask them. Now, you know, I really thank you for your, the words you gave me. You know, this, this part 
made sense, but I didn't quite understand this because you talked to me about it. And they will be able to unpack it with you. And, um, and if, there's, if it's just something you don't witness with, well, that's okay too. And you hear me say witness. So you see, it's up for you to judge it. See, my, my responsibility, and your, if you prophesy, is to give it. That's the big deal. I'm walking on water, you know, when I prophesy over you. <clears throat> so that could be wrong. See, so I'm walking on water. <clears throat> and, um, but it's up, for, up to you. The Bible charges you. Paul, talking to Timothy. His, the mentor telling his son, now, now Timothy, my son, test everything. Yeah, so you test it and hold on to what's good. Okay? So don't be offended by a word because it's not meant to be offended. You know, it's meant to encourage and build up and stir you provoke you into action sometimes, and sometimes comfort. But it's up to you to discern it. And uh, 1 John 4, verse 1, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. So this is where you need to tune your, whole, your spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is within you when you were born again. He came upon you in power when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can speak in tongues and you can flow with a, an anointing that brings deliverance and an anointing that brings healing. But you see... So you, we have to learn. And in the services, wherever you are, learn to witness. Some, sometimes there's different songs that come through. And you think, and, and I see, I see, you know, like sometimes when the, the Holy Spirit really comes on one of our songs, you, we will all rise. We'll all, oh, you can feel the, the rising in our spirit. That's discernment. You're witnessing that the Holy Spirit is wanting to say something through those words. Other songs sometimes, they're just songs. <laughs> but some are specially empowered. That's we're learning to discern, learning to witness, to sharpen our spiritual senses. Like, now, this is a good example. Sometimes we go into a, a room... And we, um, and you know, say family. Let's bring it back into family. And uh, you go in, and there's some family members there, and the atmosphere sort of feels a bit frozen. It's a bit tight. And you go in, and you sort of think, oh, oh something's going on here. <laughs> You've discerned the spiritual realm. You've discerned, some people say intuitive. Yes, you're intuitive in the spirit. And you discern. You meet someone and they're smiling, but you just know on the inside they're crying. You discern it. 
that spiritual discernment. It's not that hard. It's not that, you don't, it's just, for a Christian, it's normal, it's ordinary. We should be picking it up all the time. Atmospheres, where people are at. Because we're spiritually gifted, spiritually tuned, spiritually. We have spiritual knowledge. Yes, you can come out in the morning for breakfast and you can feel if someone's got the blues. They may look as if they're just making a cup of coffee, but you can feel the heaviness on them. It's spiritual. Spiritual. And it will be shifted in a way through encouragement or through um, different things that will shift that spirit. Yes? But we're in a warfare. We're in a battle. Because we're swimming upstream. We're not swimming downstream. So we're swimming against the world, against the values, against the beliefs, against the systems of this world. And we want to we want to maximize it. We want our homes to be full of hope and joy. Yeah. Laughter. Fun. We want our days to be full of hope and joy. And the prophetic gifting contributes enormously to that. The next last one, there's one more scripture. All right, holding on. So we hold fast. Here's Paul talking again to Timothy. He says, Do not neglect your gift which was given you through a prophetic message with the body of elders laid their hands on you. So the prophetic gifting can be received by the laying on of hands. And um, the elders can do that, or prophetic gifting um, people can do that. And, but not to neglect your gifting. And this covers um, right through every, um, every gifting, just not the prophetic. Don't neglect your giftings. Activate, walk in them, and, you know... Be, um, be energized, be intentional, practice like a workshop, like I heard someone talking about, you know, being aware of God in his day. Well, say, Lord, Lord, I believe, because, you know, you've given me a prophetic gifting. I, I, I sense it there, and I've given words that have encouraged. So, Lord, today, is there someone that I could encourage? Someone I can strengthen and you give me something that comes from the spirit realm, not something out of my own knowledge. It's from the realm of the spirit, the unknown, into that person's life that will change everything. Second, uh, the next scripture from 1 Timothy 1, verse 18, 19. Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following them you may fight the good fight, holding on to faith and a good conscience. Isn't that amazing? See, prophecy is a weapon against the enemy, and it's a weapon in the, in the battle. In the battle, the prophetic word becomes something that we hold on to, we hold fast to. Both hands. God, you said 
you'd never leave me nor forsake me. You said that you were going to be with me in the storms and in the valleys. You were going to raise me up onto the mountaintops. You said, Lord, you would open that door. God, I'm holding fast. I'm holding on. I will not break out of this time and do my own thing. God, I trust in you. See, Paul, the apostle Paul, was telling his, his spiritual son, Timothy, align yourself with the prophecies. Keep following them. Now, there's some things, like I, we knew that we were, I knew that I was prophetically gifted many, right at the beginning because the Holy Spirit would come on me. And I would prophesy and we'd fall over in our lounge. Such was the power that came upon us. It was, it was quite good fun, really. <laughs> because we, I never thought God was powerful at all. I thought he was powerful in heaven, but never powerful on earth. You know, I was raised in a church where God was only there in word, but it certainly wasn't there in, in power. You know, and, and to talk about God in the church I came from was embarrassing. It was like, oh, I said the word God. Oh, oh and Jesus, well, that was taking it to the next level too. Oh, help, help me. Oh, I said it. I said it. I got it out. I got it out. But such was the, I suppose, the confinement of Perhaps there were lots of churches were like that in, my, in that generation. But you know the freedom, freedom we have to talk about Jesus, to laugh, to cry, and to pursue, you know, the line or the path that God has prophesied me into. Yeah. So if God has says to you that you are going to teach the word, you better be reading your Bible night and day. If God said you're going to pastor, you better be weeping on your knees. <laughs> no, I'm just being silly. Um, but but you, know, you need to be taking on board what's required to walk that path that God has spoken into your life, young people. And if you're Paul is speaking to you as a Timothy. You take notice of what he's saying. Take notice to what your seniors are saying. Because they've walked it. And they know how the Holy Spirit works. And what he's calling you into. Wow, they can witness it. Wow. Wow. See, God's calling forth you young people. He's calling you into your calling. He's calling you dramatically into your calling. Don't lose sight and don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the little things, but grasp them. Celebrate the small things that God does. Celebrate them. Say, oh God, she asked me about my faith today at school. Or he asked me, why, why did Noah's ark, you know, what happened about Noah's ark? Where is it now? Celebrate. Someone asked me a question. God, that's good. 
Oh, I'll come up with a good answer. I didn't get it quite right. I'll go back to them. See, celebrate it and pursue what God has called you to and develop and grow, and grow in it. Okay. I'm going to finish there, but God wants us to be a prophetic church. We know that. He wants us to hear from him. He wants us to be empowered by the Spirit. He wants us to be alive and releasing, serving and encouraging, motivated, obedient, leading and moving forward eagerly to fulfill God's call and destiny on our lives. A prophetic church. I believe we are a prophetic church. But there's always more. Let's stand.